eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Good morning. Afternoon. Evening, brunch time, lunch time, baseball time in Tennessee time, postseason baseball time in Tennessee time. Hopefully not followed by another coaching search at Tennessee time. Had enough of those time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on what's turned out to be a really lovely Thursday evening here. Fort Rucker Studio, just about 1.9 or 2.0 miles away from the University of Tennessee campus, from Neyland Stadium, from Thompson Bowling Arena, from Lindsey Nelson Stadium, where Tennessee baseball will be hosting a regional this weekend, an NCAA tournament regional. So big, big stuff there. you got the top-seeded Vols, who are the number two team in the country, the number three team, I believe, number three overall seed in the NCAA tournament, hosting uh, number two seed Duke, number three seed Liberty, and number four seed Wright State this weekend in Knoxville, which is certainly a tougher draw than I thought Tennessee was going to get, but Tennessee is going to host a Knoxville regional for the first time uh, since the the 90s. I mean, we're talking about the first time in a long, long time here since Tennessee has has hosted a regional. This is is big, big stuff, guys. This is a, a time... Uh, for Tennessee baseball, sort of a celebration of Tennessee baseball. Now, now Tennessee needs to, to take care of business and win, um, but Tony Vitello and his crew have done nothing but mostly win for the entire season. You don't get that kind of ranking for no reason. Uh, the Vols went down to Hoover for the SEC tournament. Uh, they were the number two seed in the tournament, and they lost the first game to Bama controversially and then bounced back and got all the way to the championship game before running into that buzzsaw that is top-ranked Arkansas. It's a close game, closer than that final score indicated, but nonetheless, Tennessee – Uh, lost the championship game of that tournament. Uh, But the Vols still have bigger things in front of them. They have a a potential to uh, still win a national championship. you got to go through – you got to win the Knoxville Regional. Then the following weekend they would host a Super Regional, best two of three uh, against the winner uh, of, I I presume, that series out there, uh, the one in the Regional in Eugene, Oregon. So um, in LSU, Oregon, there's some good teams out there too. So we will see. Um, But first things first, got to take care of this weekend. And so this is a tough test. And, and to do this, again, the rest of the GoVols 24-7 staff, they, they monitor baseball too. But in order to kind of get someone who also covers the game on a, you know, covers the team on a daily basis, we have to sort of go outside of the 
uh, immediate family and go to the extended family. And that's what I did again with this episode. I uh, spoke with our good friend Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Uh, used to cover primarily Tennessee basketball and baseball. Now he does some football also, as he calls himself kind of the Grand Poobah who covers uh, who covers Tennessee athletics for uh, the Knoxville News Sentinel. I will never refer to him as that. That's what he calls himself. I know Mike too well to uh, ever call him anything like that. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I sat down uh, just a little bit ago with Mike. We talked about Tennessee baseball. We talked about Tony Vitello and his future. We talked about Tennessee uh, going on to – uh, the the regional, the teams they're hosting, uh, some of the strengths of those teams, sort of what makes this Tennessee team good. When we knew this Tennessee would this Tennessee team would go from being pretty decent to actually pretty darn good, because uh, both of us had reservations about just how good this team would be, and and it's certainly proven to be that. So uh, it's a good discussion. I'll break it down into a couple of different segments, and we'll get to the first segment right now. Uh, this is me talking with our good friend uh, of the podcast here at Go Balls twenty four seven. This is Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Joined now once again by, as I've called him before, probably my fourth or fifth favorite Kiwi, Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel does an outstanding job uh, covering it. used to be uh, primarily Tennessee basketball and baseball. Now it's sort of a little bit of everything, Mike. I, I guess, did, did, we decide, did we decide on your title there? Uh, it was going to be, you said Grand Poobah last time. What is it you'd like it to be? Still still Grand Poobah of, of Tennessee Athletics at the Knoxville News Sentinel, but uh Let's open this up by me challenging you to name four other New Zealanders. Uh, the Flight of the Concords. That counts as one, not two. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's it's uh, Jermaine. Dang it. And uh, Murray, the Murray, the agent. That's my third. And the Taika Waititi. That would be my fourth. So you are probably my fifth favorite New Zealand native, most likely. Jacinda Ardern didn't make it, huh? Uh, no, she'd be she'd be up there. She'd be up there. But you know, she doesn't have that. You know. Michigan accent that you have from being, you know, raised up there. So, Mike, there's a lot. This is certainly a really, really exciting time for for Tennessee baseball, for Tennessee baseball fans, and potentially a little bit scary for a couple reasons. I guess we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But, you know, there were times this year where you and I talked, I mean, once on this podcast and just throughout the season, just kind of in texts and conversations saying, is this team that good? Is this team that good? Like, you look at the record – Guys could still play better, so they could be better. Is this a good team? Is it a really good team? What is it? And I, I think at some point during the season, um, and I'd be interested to know when, when it flipped for you, um, but, but when did it really flip in terms of you saying, okay, I give up, this is a really good team, I'm not couching it anymore? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure of the exact moment, um, but I think any time that you're covering a team that, that's good, but you're not sure how good it kind of takes until you see them go up against one of the best teams to really get an idea of how they stack up. So I think for me, it was probably the Vandy series. Uh, even though Tennessee lost that series, uh, they were competitive. Um, you know, they lost Friday and Sunday and, uh, but the way they played, uh, the way they were in it, I thought was impressive. And that to me was probably that moment uh, because you start to say at that point, okay, you know, they've beat the teams they're better than, but they're also competing with the teams that they need to be on the same level with to do something serious. So that's that point to me. Um, and I think even more recently that Arkansas series really, really cemented it to me as 
all right, this is this isn't just a team that finds a way to win. They're a very talented, talented team that, that's doing a lot of good things. Yeah, I think the, for me, it was kind of somewhere around that Florida Vanderbilt time because Florida, you know, is a really, really talented team. Preseason number one consensus, um, but it hadn't gotten off to the start it really wanted to. It lost that Miami series early on, and it was kind of up and down a little bit. But it's still a really, really talented team. And the way Tennessee won that series and should have swept it, that made me think, okay, now we'll, we'll see. I, but I think this team might be pretty darn good. And then the Vandy series happens, and that sort of cements it. Because Vandy, you know, until that point, Leiter had been largely unhittable and, and what Tennessee did that weekend. And you saw as the season progressed, you know, we talked about early in the season, Tennessee was winning, but guys like Max Ferguson, Luke Lipsius, Evan Russell had not really – been hitting. They'd not really been. They, they'd been getting good at bats. They've been getting on base some. Uh, and, and Lipsius just had has had a really unlucky season. His hard hit percentage is way up there, and his batting average just hasn't been because he's been unlucky. And there were even times where I wondered how much longer they were going to stick with Evan Russell in, as the everyday left fielder. Uh, hand up. I'll be honest. I texted to you one day. I don't know how much longer they can stick with Evan Russell in left field. If you remember that conversation, because it was just, I love this kid. I just don't know that he's got it right now. And then, lo and behold, he catches fire a little bit, hits some big home runs, and now all of a sudden, you don't want to say a complete team because I still think there may be one really good starting pitcher and one really good weekend arm away from being a wow, like a complete team, but they're pretty close. I also want to see Drew Gilbert get back to his early season form. Yeah, um, it's, it's a funny statement to make, but right now probably the worst spot in their lineup is their cleanup hitter. Um, and, and that's not Drew Gilbert's fault. Uh, I mean, the lineup has, has stayed this, the same way for a long time now, basically since Connor Pavoloni got back, because it's been highly successful. Um, and Gilbert did have some good knocks uh, down in Hoover, I think. But, mm. you know, early in the season, he was a dynamo. Um, and, and he was really sparking this team, as you mentioned, when you know Max Ferguson, Connor Pavoloni, those guys really weren't doing their thing yet. Um, but, yeah, from one to nine, I mean, this lineup's playing well. Um, I mean, they've had moments that they didn't, but from one to nine, typically they're strong. And obviously that that has very much been set by Liam Spence and Jake Rucker with the way that they've played all season. You know what's really weird about this team, Mike, is that and, – and Vitello, Tony has said this since last season and going into this season, that you could really kind of flip one through nine in the batting order and you wouldn't notice much of a difference. And a lot of people would go, yeah, okay, but still the top of your lineup is the top of your lineup. I swear there are times where if it's like five, six, seven, or six, seven, eight going to an inning, sometimes I have a feeling that Tennessee's going to do more damage than it would with like one, two, three coming up. And that to me is sort of the ultimate indicator that, you know what, if you're an opposing, you know, coaching staff, an opposing player, you know, they go right, left, right, left, right, left. They stack it on you like that. And there's never really a comfortable moment against this lineup. And I don't know that I can remember a ton of teams where, you never really could feel comfortable in the, you know, at any point in the lineup if you were the opponent. And I think the thing that you see with Tennessee is Jordan Beck's their seven hitter. And that's a guy who in a year from now is probably a first or second round pick, yeah. assuming he kind of keeps up that same level of play uh, because he's so good defensively. He can hit, hit the crap out the ball. Uh, and he's their seven hitter. But what you see with that too is that's an SEC lineup. Yeah. SEC lineups have guys like Jordan Beck in the five, six, seven spots. That's kind of what separates some of these really, really top-tier SEC teams from the not-top-tier SEC teams and then everyone else in college baseball. I mean, that's just something that, that teams like this have. And that, to me, speaks volumes about where Tennessee is. I mean, you look back to Hoover. Pete Durkay is an eight-hole, hits a couple absolute missiles in that tournament. 
and Connor Pavloni hitting ninth. You know, you're talking about shuffling the lineup. I don't think anyone would be surprised to see Connor Pavloni hitting fifth just with the way that he's hit the ball lately. So it's a good lineup. And it's really impressive now that, you know, the stars are playing well, but the bottom of the order is producing at such a good level that, that it's just it's just a threat the whole way through. And when 789 are getting on base and hitting, one, two, three, it's so much easier for those guys too. Yeah, and it's weird. Connor Pavloni is one of the first cases I've seen where a guy breaks a hand and, and then hits better. I don't really know that I've seen that very often, but uh, it's it's been kind of crazy what he's been able to do. Because even when he came back at first, there was there were concerns that he would not be able to play every day because they had to rest that hand. And lo and behold, he catches five consecutive games there in Hoover and never really looked to be fatigued. I mean, a couple more guys maybe stole bases on him than them would usually do that, but generally speaking, he he looked fresh to me. Uh, and, and we got plenty more uh, to talk about. We we've got. We're not going to ignore the elephant in the room, which is Vitello and his future. We're going to get to that. So if you're waiting for us to discuss that, we are going to get to that, just not right now because we're kind of discussing this team and going into this weekend. And, Mike, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on sort of the draw because a lot has been made of it, and I think rightfully so, um, that that Tennessee, while it should not be afraid of basically anyone at this point, you can play Arkansas toe-to-toe like they've done for four games. Nothing should really intimidate you. But – the I don't know how in the world a team that's the number three overall seed in the tournament is playing right state for its first game. That's the nation's highest scoring team. That's a team with three starters who have ERAs below three three or three four. I think that that team, uh, coached by Eric Sogard's brother, is really really good. Beat Tennessee in a series last season in Knoxville, and then you got. Duke, which won 12 consecutive games to end the season. Then you've got Liberty, which has a pitcher who's pitched like 100 innings with like a one ERA or something this season. I just, to me, I know geography matters a little bit in more in baseball than others, but still you had LSU going out to Eugene, Oregon. So it's not like they can't mix it up. I think it was a tiny bit disrespectful because if you look at Vanderbilt's region and then you look at Tennessee's region, well, one of those things is not like the other. Am I wrong about that? I mean, Tennessee's region stacked. There's no doubt about it. Um, Wright State as a four seed is probably the most goofy thing about it, I think. Yeah. Uh, that that team, I don't think you would scoff at them being a two. Just with the numbers that they put up, I think they probably should have been a three. But yeah. as you mentioned, geography factors into the thinking um, with NCAA baseball, unlike uh, you know the way that it goes with the NCAA tournament, where it's kind of a one through 68 seed line. There's just not that same structure to this. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, all three teams that are good. Liberty plays all three parts of the game. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, led their conference in fielding. They hit well, uh, pitch well led by something Deloitte delight. I think it's the pitcher. Yeah. That guy's Uh, really, really good. I don't know if Tennessee would face him necessarily because he would, I would imagine maybe pitch the opener, but I don't know how they're going to use it. I would assume so just to not get behind the, behind the ball. Um, but yeah, those teams are stacked. And, and what Wright State does offensively is just hit the ball. Uh, I think they had the four top RBI guys in the Horizon League, three of the top four home run guys, lead the country in on-base percentage, slugging, batting average, score about 10 runs a game. I mean, that's not a not a joke there. Um, so it, it's a tough draw. Yeah, six, but, I mean, six, six guys who average more than one RBI per game. Pretty monstrous. I mean, they, they score <laughs> runs. And, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast, Tennessee, Tennessee throws strikes. So you're going to be throwing strikes to guys like to hit the ball. Uh, so it, it could be pretty interesting on a Friday night at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And in a ballpark where as long as you don't hit it dead central, you've got a chance to get it up and get it out of the park too. Uh, there's not a lot of bad places to hit the ball in that park. I would say 
maybe dead center, a little bit to the left there, center, left, center, that area can, can be a bit of a Bermuda Triangle. But you hit it anywhere else in that ballpark, you can get it up in that jet stream especially, and, and it's going to go. So I, I do expect runs. But what's interesting to me is Tennessee goes from playing Wright State, which is an offensive juggernaut in, in game one, to potentially a game two matchup. Let's say it's against Duke, just hypothetically. I think Duke has allowed two runs or less in like 10 of its past 11 games. And that was a team that was it, – it, it lost like all of its significant series in the ACC play early on, like 2-1, two 2-1. To one, two to one. Didn't get swept but lost those series. And then just caught fire. And now has won 12 consecutive games, swept through the ACC tournament, which is no small joke. It's not the SEC, but it's a really good league. And so you're either facing that or a team in Liberty – that has really good pitching and really good defense. So you're going from just completely different styles of baseball in two days. And I guess that's what makes the NCAA tournament fun, but it also is a challenge. It is a challenge, but I do think that's the fun part of it. Um, and that's the reality. But I think the biggest thing here is Tennessee went through the SEC and went 20 and 10. Um, you know, you win that many games in the SEC, you only lose two series. You're equipped to face anyone and deal with anything. Um, I don't think Tennessee is probably thrilled about the draw but at the same time you faced Arkansas five, uh, four times this year faced Florida four times this year I mean, you, you face teams you, you face talent you face big arms you face all of this so now you're just seeing some teams that you might not be as familiar with and, and that's kind of the challenge of the postseason as it is with any sport that was the first part of our conversation with good friend Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel talking Tennessee baseball. Uh, the, the second-ranked Vols, uh, who are the top-ranked seed in the Knoxville Regional, heading into that regional this weekend at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. We're, we're going to get to the second part of this conversation, and we'll talk a little bit more about Tony Vitello and his future and some other things. But before we do that, uh, we're overdue for a break, guys. we got to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, uh, services, in-house ads, other fun things, and we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. This is Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a lovely Thursday evening in God's Zone, Knoxville, Tennessee, talking primarily Tennessee baseball in this episode, uh, speaking with our good friend Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel, talking about the Knoxville Regional that the Vols will be hosting this weekend, NCAA tournament play against uh, Wright State and Duke and Liberty. So tons of good stuff there, and we got to get more into it. Now we're going to talk about Tony 
Tony Vitello's future and some other interesting things here in the second segment with Mike. Before we do that, though, a quick reminder, guys, if you could take a minute out of your day right now, please, please take a minute or two out of your day right now. Go subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast, whether you're on iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the GoVols 24-7 podcast. So if you can go take just a couple minutes out of your day right now and do that, rate and review, we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, we do this for free, and we're happy to do it, um, but that's the one thing that we ask. And if you're just listening uh, through the website, that's fine. We love you. Nothing wrong with that. But if you could go in there with your smartphone, your tablet, your 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 computer, your laptop, go in there and hit the subscribe button. That would help us a lot. And if you could rate and review, that would help us even more. Please, 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 please go do that. And while you're at it, go to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets. Uh, and right now, if you go do that, you can get 60% off of an annual price on a subscription right now, which is a hell of a deal. So please, please, please go take advantage of that, guys. Uh, we don't ask for much, but we'll ask for those couple things. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get right back into it. Here's the second part of my conversation with Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel talking Tennessee baseball, uh, Tony Vitello, his future, and more. So here it is, part two with our good friend, Mike Wilson. And last thing about that draw, you know, I know Tony Vitello, uh, I would say a decent bit. You know him better, I would imagine, because you've covered them on a daily basis longer than I have. And knowing what I know about Vitello, and I'm guessing what you know about Tony, that will be used for motivation for this team. They, they I would be shocked if they've not been already told several times that this was a disrespectful draw given to them just to motivate them a little bit. And with this this group, I don't think you need to put much gas in the tank for it to it to get revved up. I think what you said at the end there is exactly my thought. You know that scene in Step Brothers where uh, Ryan and Dale go in for an interview, and I can't say the exact quote, but I, uh, they say, we're here to mess stuff up. Yeah. I, I believe that is pretty much the Tennessee baseball attitude, um, and I imagine that will be lit up a little bit higher this weekend, uh, you know, walking in, in in tuxedos, smacking papers out of Pam Pan's hand and going from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder about the atmosphere, if it's going to charge them up maybe almost a little bit too much. And I think that's kind of a silly thing to say, but I do think there's some concern there because, you know, they're adding about what, 500 seats or so down the left field line there at Lindsey Nelson, you know, this, this team, Arkansas and, and Florida and Vandy were all hyped up as huge series. The crowd showed up. It was a big moment. And Tennessee's players didn't let the moment get too big for them. They sort of handled that pretty well. Um, but this is another – I mean, this is in, you know, survive or die mode right now. I mean, you know, th there's pressure in, in this tournament. And you're going to have Lindsey Nelson being probably as loud as it's been since the mid-'90s or, or maybe right around the turn of the century there. So, I mean, do, how, how do you think this team will handle that? Will this help them? Will this hurt them? Will this not factor one way or the other with their performance? You know, that's the beauty of having a home regional because um, one thing Tennessee isn't is road tested. Um, you know, South Carolina was really the only hard road series this team had. Uh, obviously went down to Hoover. And, 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 that, yeah, and Founders Park wasn't nearly as loud as it normally is that weekend. No, I mean, but that's still a hard place to go play. Those fans are different. Uh, I mean, base, baseball is an animal there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this team's, I mean, you're at home. So the, the energy, I think, is is more beneficial for you than anything else. And I mean, you and I played baseball at variously high enough levels to know how it feels when you get in the box in a game with a lot of people, not this many people, yeah. enough people around. I mean, it doesn't, what's around you doesn't, doesn't really 
set in in these games. And these guys are a lot better at this sport than you and I ever were. So True. I imagine they're better at zoning that out more so than you and I ever were as well. So I don't think it's something that's going to affect too much. I do think you'll always see kind of those first couple inning jitters in games like this and, and moments like this, but I expect this is a team that's veteran enough and, and settled enough to be fine. Yeah. I played on a team that had uh, two draft picks on it. So there were usually some, some jugs, guns and things there. None of them to see me. That was not, <laughs> that was not okay. their intention of going there. No, but, but this is, I mean, it, it's a big environment. It's a big, it's just a big moment for this city. And Mike, you, you've been here long enough now. I think it's fair to call you a Knoxvilleian on some level. Now you've been here long Take enough. It. This place is, you know, the scruffy city's embedded itself in you a little bit now. And so I'm, I'm wondering just where, how much does this city, in your opinion, need something like this? It's just been, you know, basketball's had some, some good rides, but it was ultimately a frustrating season on many levels. We all know football and the quagmire that's been. How much does this city need something like this? I mean, you know, any fan base is always hungry for a winner and something to latch onto. And what it's got with Tennessee baseball is a team with an attitude that plays hard, plays the game the right way, as a coach that plays or coaches with the intensity of a player. Yeah. And that's just such a different thing. So not only is it a very good team, but it's a team that I think this fan base is easily latched onto because it just has an attitude, a swagger, all those things going forward. And yeah, anytime you're winning and you're also fun to, to cheer for, like this team is for these fans, I think that's huge. And that's something this fan base has certainly gravitated to. Um, and, you know, it's going to be really neat to see Knoxville this weekend, I think, just because there hasn't really been a non-football home game sporting events of this magnitude yeah. uh, going on in these parts. And certainly not since, since I've been here in 2017. And yeah, uh, I don't know. The NCAA tournament's a big deal, and this will be an interesting sight to see, I think. Do you think Tennessee baseball can can be here? Do you think this will prove to be a flash-in-the-pan sort of moment, or do you think that with the surge in momentum, with the potential of, of getting some things really upgraded in that stadium, and I'm talking millions of dollars worth of stuff they're, they're talking about adjusting in that stadium, can this be something that sticks? Can this program become something that, while not maybe as obsessive as people are in most of the SEC West about it, an area where it, it's, you know, it, it can get some attention and be a big deal? No, I think that is important. Um, I think it's, it's known. I mean, it's not a secret here that, that Lindsey Nelson Stadium has to be addressed at some point. And, um, but w when a program is successful, there also has to be an investment that follows. And I imagine that's conversations that have taken place and will continue to take place behind the scenes um, between the administration and, and Tony Vitello and everyone involved in that. But yeah, I mean, Lindsey Nelson is going to be put on a stage this weekend. And if you're rocking and you're winning, at some point, the success in the field has to be matched by what's being done off the field. Yeah, and, and there have been, I can tell you, there have been several meetings between Vitello and the administration vis-a-vis -vis Lindsey Nelson, you know, and, and making some improvements, whether that be, you know, putting some more permanent seats down that left field line, uh, co almost completely knocking down that press box and, and building a new one, which you would have to do, um, putting maybe some double-decker porches there and, and, and putting the porch almost all the way around except for the batter's eye. I mean, they, they've had all kinds of discussions about different things to do. Um, but I, I think what's what makes this more pertinent than ever right now is that there are two – powerful vacancies in the SEC right now. Uh, we all know LSU, which to each their own, I think it's the best job in America as a baseball coach. You know, I know the, the box could maybe be upgraded a little bit. There's a couple things they could do. But in terms of just 
the, when you think of baseball jobs in this country, I just don't know that you can think of a better one than LSU. And Vitello is somewhere on that list. I don't know where he is on that list. I don't know if he's one, two, three, four. I don't know where he is, but he's on that list. And A&M, I think he's definitely uh, up there, maybe not right at the top, but near the top of A&M's list. And so if programs like this start doing things, even let's say O'Sullivan from Florida takes that job at LSU, then Florida's open. I mean, anytime there's a major vacancy right now in the SEC, Tennessee has to be nervous, right? It has to be. I think to some extent, but I also think if Tennessee's ready to make a commitment to baseball facilities, then they're probably ready to make a commitment financially to the coaching staff as well. I mean, that, that just would make sense at that point, because if you're going to pour money into a facility at some point in the near future, it makes sense to keep pouring money into the, the staff and the situation that's winning the games that's bringing the attention. So yeah, those are big time jobs and certainly nothing to, to scoff at LSU no doubt is at least a top three job. I mean, I think Texas yeah. is probably in that mix. Yeah, that's uh, fair. When, when you talk big time college baseball jobs, I mean, I, we grew up, well, I grew up, you're old. Um, Miami, old. USC were big time jobs at that point too. So yeah. there's a lot of good jobs out there, but yeah, LSU's among them. A&M certainly a good job too. I mean, you know, they might be looking at someone like Vitello. That might be something that they're doing. I think that's certainly a possibility. Now, the impression that I get speaking with, people around and if I tell a little bit but but more so people around him is that he is happy here and I I, I do believe that I think you know he, he's got the he's got the condo downtown you know he's he likes being here he's, he's in a place where he's where he's pretty popular he's at a place where you know he's uh, you know one of the you, you say the B, the BMOC you know kind of one of the big men on campus um, he's at a place right now where I think he's pretty happy but um, at the same time, you can be happy somewhere and think you might be able to do something more somewhere else. So this comes down to ultimately, I think, does he have faith that Tennessee will make the commitment that it, that it might to baseball? Will, will it do that? If Tennessee will do that, then I think it has a decent chance to keep him. Because I think there's, there's value in being a guy who sort of builds a thing as opposed to a guy who takes over at a place where you win a title at LSU, yada, 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 been there, done that. You're never going to be Skip Bertman. Whereas at Tennessee, you can do some things, you know, you could kind of be a legend. And I wonder if in his mind, you know, it's hard to ju- it's hard to understand that. And I know it's hard to kind of end on this, but sort of where do you think he would stand on that in terms of being a guy who builds something at Tennessee, becoming a legend there versus going somewhere where, maybe it's a little bit easier to win. I mean, that is probably what the decision comes down to, to some extent. Um, just that I think if you're looking specifically at LSU and UT, uh, the two, just the two things are basically what you outlined. LSU has a long history and you can be the, the next guy who wins big or yeah, you can be a guy who has a legacy here. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how that equation would balance out um, in my mind, if I'm Tony Vitello, because those are two very different sides of a, of a coaching opportunity. And it's just going to depend, I guess, on I mean, if that opportunity arises specifically for him, what does that look like? And then if it is kind of coming down to those two things, it's it's certainly not comparing to the same situation. Just again, in terms of the legacy, the history or kind of doing your own thing. Last sentence thing or, or two sentences or less, Mike, Tennessee wins this region or doesn't win this region. Why or why not? Uh, they win it if they stay true to what they've done to this point. And I know that's kind of a cliche, but. What Tennessee's done has been consistent in the lineup one through nine lately. 
um, and strike throwing pitchers. Um, to me, Tennessee doesn't get out of this regional if they lose early, um, because I'm not sure that Tennessee has the pitching to get back in it. Um, just looking at starters, I think what Cameron Sewell did in Hoover was huge, um, but still replicating what he did against Florida is a lot to ask. So, yeah, I mean, if Tennessee drops early, I think it could be a struggle to get back in just because of the starting pitching depth. But I, I do like them to, to get out of this regional because I do think they've proven to be battle-tested and consistent all season. I, I still think Mark McLaughlin could be a pretty good spot starter, but that's just, I don't know. I might, I might be on an island there to some extent, but I like what I've seen from the guy. Mike, how can people get a hold of your work? And uh, if, they, if they want to go do that, how can they get a hold of you uh, there on social media and um, on, you know, with your work stuff? Give us all those plug, plug some of those pluggable things before we step out of here. Yeah. Knoxnews.com and govalsextra.com. And I'm on Twitter at by Mike Wilson, which is mostly where I make bad jokes and wish Wes a happy birthday. That is the accurate number for him in any given year. Yeah. Which this year will be 39 when it happens in September. So, uh, 43. and uh, you can also find Mike on Twitter at, um, twitter.com slash fifth favorite Kiwi. You can find him there also. So Mike, thanks for the time, man. I know you, you got your headband on. looks like you're getting ready to go get a workout on. Go do that. That was our good friend Mike Wilson from the Knoxville News Sentinel talking a little Tennessee baseball with us. And if I can find that button, there it is. A little bit loud, but there it is. That'll wrap us up for this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, wherever day it is, wherever time of day it is, thank you for spending part of it with us. We really do appreciate it. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, You can also get, if you want Tennessee news, nothing else on your feed, just Tennessee news, no personal stuff whatsoever, you can go to twitter.com slash govals247 and you can get that there. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 as that page is updated throughout the day consistently, not just Tennessee news, but, but mostly either Tennessee news or things we think Tennessee fans will be interested in. You can find all that at facebook.com slash govals247. But if you want that most delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water, just Ronnie Millsap style right there from the tap. Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, a little bit of Tennessee baseball recruiting, some Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, the award-winning Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. We've also got two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can discuss anything you want with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as long as it's not political or religious in nature. A couple of no-go zones there. But anything else, anytime a day, go discuss it with us right there at GoVols247.com. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one freaking mediocre lunch per month. That's all it costs. And if you hurry right now, it costs even less. Because for the next for the next couple days, I guess, we'll say a couple days, we got that 60% off sale where you can go in there for 60% off of an annual subscription, which is a really, really, really good deal. One of the best ones we do all year. So please go do take advantage of that. And once you pay us full price, if you're, if you're already a member, uh, you have no reason not to do this because you get it for free. You get access perpetually for free access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. That's uh, every show CBS has ever made commercial free. All kinds of new movies, including, uh, you know, just just ones that just came out. They rotate in and out every single month. A uh, bunch of old classics in there, too, like the Indiana Jones, the new Godfather stuff, all kinds of great stuff on there. Also, you get stuff from the catalogs of MTV, BET, Smithsonian, uh, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central. All of that, all those Viacom properties, you get all that for free. And again, in addition to that, you get Tennessee sports, you get SEC sports, you get 
PGA Tour, NFL football, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, all kinds of other European uh, or international soccer cups that are going on this summer. You get all of that. And that is a $100 plus annual value that we will put in your pocket, no questions asked. It's one of the best deals anyone can ever offer you. We offer it. It's a standing offer. It's not going anywhere. You pay us for our subscription, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month. You get all of that $100 plus annual value in your pocket for free. So don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, if nothing crazy happens over the weekend, you should hear from us again on Monday. Uh, so until then, be good. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, we'll see how the Vols do. But, uh, you know, no matter what, let's let's just be a little kind to each other. I'm pushing that right now. I want us to be kind to each other. Let, let's try to take things down a notch and do that. Until then, guys, PSA out. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.